0: The following program is furnished by Startup Nation Media Group.
1: Welcome to this edition of Startup Nation Radio. Today, as we have been the past several weeks, we've been focused on entrepreneurs in the Detroit region who are achieving great success, doing their thing, and Norm Pappas co-hosting again today. Welcome to the show. You've been very instrumental, Norm, in helping us align these guests for the show. We're so appreciative. This has been great, Norm. You're on a roll. We've had some really great guests on the show. Tell us...
2: Who we have on today. So we have two great guests today. First will be Dave Alden, and he was at Ford thirty-two years before he decided to become an entrepreneur. That'll be a very interesting story to hear. And Steve Rundell went into business in two thousand fourteen. Has partners in forensic investigation and forensic consulting. You know what that is, Jeff?
1: Well, I think I've seen these on the television show, right? It's, it's uh, I, I think. Tell me, Norm.
2: He's going to have some interesting stories. I'm going to let him tell you. We'll get more specific. He'll be coming on after Dave, but Dave will be the first, and Dave is a Vistage chair. He'll tell you more about that, too.
1: Okay. Before we get into that, Norm, you and I have had a chance to talk from time to time about You know, this amazing time we're living in, To call it what you want, you know, surreal. I don't know. You know, it's incredible what we're dealing with these days. Business is hard enough, right, Norm? Business is hard enough in good times. Challenging, competitive, you know, uh, you're making judgment calls every day. But now, the sense of confusion, the sense of where is this all going? How do we get there? What do we need to do to prepare ourselves? You know, where are we going? What's the new normal? Norm, tell us some things. I know you help consult with business leaders all the time you always are so talking to me about the kind of the checklist of things we need to be aware of as we move into the future. Give us some of those things.
2: So there's pre-covid, post-covid that'll help, you know, affect working, living, etc. But what i have observed there's kind of five or six key things that the successful business owners have done during this covid time. One of them is they make sure they have good cash reserves. Mm. Two is they remain visible, visible to their customers, visible to their employees visible to the community. Three, they've been decisive. If they needed laptops for their employees to work from home, they had to move quickly because they went into shortage. And they have to be compassionate. You see a lot of them are helping their communities charitably and compassionate with the people at working at home. And they've leveraged technology. Those are kind of the six key things I've seen for their success.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good list. I really do. Uh, you know, certainly shoring up cash, being decisive, and being very proactive. It's always good to communicate. You talk about, you know, be visible, communicate. That's always important in business. But now it's like you need to make a real effort because you don't want to retreat. You don't want to be seen as going away. You don't want to be seen as a victim. You you want to be seen as bold. And I'm going to be here, and we're going to get through this. And we're going to we're going to do business together into the future. Got to build that confidence, right?
2: You're right. And they have to emerge stronger and more united than they were before.
1: Yeah. And it's hard. It's really hard. I mean, it, you know, it it's, it's asking a lot of people because really, like we said, it's really hard to know where all this is going. But with all of that, it's a great list, Norm. Thank you. Bringing great wisdom to everybody. You know, Mark those things down if you're a business leader out there. That's for sure. All right, let's get right into it, Norm. We've got some great guests. You mentioned we're gonna start with Dave Alden, Chairman of Vistage. It's a peer group. People get together, share ideas, share context, support one another, best practices. Let's Norm, I'll turn it to you. Bring Dave on for us.
2: So Dave actually was the president of Southeast Asia for Ford, thirty-two years there. Vistage is presidents of companies. He's my Vistage chair, and a lot of the people have been in Vistage that have been on the air and he's been doing that since 2014. So Dave, Jeff's going to get very specific with your <laughs> yeah. history.
1: Yeah, okay. Well, first, Dave, welcome to Startup Nation Radio. We're thrilled to have you on. It's great to be here. Thanks, Jeff. Yeah. This is a time I would imagine more than any other when a group like Vistage is, is you know, it's always got value, but boy, it's on steroids these days. First, tell us, you tell us, what is Vistage and what's your role with the with the entity? Vistage is peer
0: advisory groups. I like to think of it as having a board of directors. So members join, and they're all in non-competing businesses. So they're all there to help each other. Nobody's got any jealousy or any agendas other than to help each other be very successful. And so we meet and uh, in that board of directors kind of format, and I chair the group. And so I facilitate, and then I also coach and mentor uh, members within that group.
1: And, and these are, I think you mentioned, these are medium-sized businesses, not startups, but also not necessarily just the big corporations, right? I mean, is that who's coming to these meetings and participating?
0: Yeah, it, it's really across the board. So we do have some startups. We've got some subsidiaries of larger, larger companies. But the majority are entrepreneurs, uh, business owners that have built their businesses and they want to share and they want to learn.
1: And I would imagine, as I said, in teeing up, The subject matter with Vistage, this is a time like no other where, boy, people have to be really hungry for the kind of interaction that Vistage can offer because everyone's searching for answers. And, you know, talking to peers, talking to others who are going through it, your brethren in entrepreneurship, it's got to be highly valuable. The
0: interaction has been really heightened during this time. So we've been meeting uh, at least once a week now and sharing best practices, Look, just trying to figure out all the government programs and what's available and what's applicable to help each other with our business has been a a whole task unto itself. And so I think the members have really appreciated the opportunity to get together and exchange all those best practices and help really sort out these government programs, which have been very helpful to our our members.
1: Yeah, indeed. Dave, as an entrepreneur myself, and having gone through it, going through the startup cycle all the way through to the exit cycle, fortunately several times, and, and doing it again now with a portfolio of companies, one of the things about being an entrepreneur is that it can be very lonely. You know, you're, you're on your own. You're pioneering every day. There's a lot of uncertainty, and, and you're trying to find the answers. There's no such thing as best practices. You know, it literally is pioneering all the time. And to have, I love that term you used, to have a, you know, a virtual, if you will, but yet very effective board of directors, to have a group of people who can help advise you by being part of a group like this, wow, that's a game changer. You know, I want you to speak to that, Norm. I want you to ask your question. we got to run to a quick break. We're going to come back with more with Dave Alden right after this break. Stick right with us. We're coming back. Norm Pappas is going to get right in there and ask a a question of Dave. We'll get right to it. Stick with us. All right, welcome back to Startup Nation Radio co-hosting today. We've got Norm Pappas, and he's been doing a great job getting guests on to Startup Nation Radio of real value to the audience. We've had amazing feedback from the audience. Lots of follow-up, lots of interaction And uh, let's keep it going, guys. We've got right now with us Dave Alden, chairman of Vistage. Uh, We've been talking about that organization, what it does for its members, the importance of it, its place in the world, the business world. And, Norm, you were about to jump in with a question or comment that you had for Dave. Take it away.
2: Sure. Dave is an excellent coach, excellent uh, chairman of Vistage. And what he has his members do is work on their business, whereas they're mostly working in their business, And then through the board of directors of other members, they learn together, and there are great speakers that they bring to the meetings. And uh, Dave, you could probably speak to the diversity of the group and to uh, how each member is helping each other.
0: Yeah, it's really an amazing process because not only is there a diversity of the businesses, but the background. So we've got bootstrapped entrepreneurs that have really got their businesses at a hugely successful level, Harvard MBAs startups, young, old, and it's the diversity of opinion and thought that really helps each other within the group. And sometimes it's really about, I've been through this before, and have you considered this or you considered that? And so that really works in in helping people work on their business and solving some of their toughest decisions, opportunities, issues, and challenges that they have.
1: You know, I love the distinction that both of you just made reference to about working on your business, not just working in your business. Of course, you need to do both. But I I can tell you again, speaking to the two of you guys uh, and to the audience out there about being an entrepreneur myself, I, you know, you, listen, we've got bills to pay. I got rent to pay. I got people, HR issues. I got people to take care of. I got a PPP loan to apply for and secure for the business so I can be here next month. I don't have time to work on my business. And that's probably a problem highlighted right there that a lot of entrepreneurs deal with and feel and, 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 you know, and have to confront. We get so caught up in the minutia, we don't get a chance to step away and work on our business. And I think that's what you guys are referring to and love to hear more about maybe even an example of how that can be put to work. What does it mean to work on your business? You step away, it's more high level, more strategic, right? Yeah, exactly right.
0: So think of the number one issue that always comes up is hiring, retaining, and onboarding top talent. So, what are the best practices to make sure you get the best people, and they're sitting in the right seats on your bus? That's what we spend a lot of time doing, and that's probably the number one thing. Norm, what do you think? What else would you say that we are is a top issue or opportunity well, that we're helping each other on?
2: So recently, there's a lot of ways to have obtained the PPP loans, and what are the various opportunities? And the members all have had different experiences. It could be on bank financing. It could be on uh, if an employee wants to retire, what's the best way to deal with that? Or even obtaining business. How are they marketing? How are they doing video or their website? So everything a business owner needs, all these are up for a discussion.
1: Yeah, and I would imagine another benefit. Uh, so was someone, David? was that you jumping in?
0: Yeah, I was just going to oh. say, i would say not for the PPP money, but bringing people back to work. So what yes. protocol should we have to sure yes. Everybody is so that we can be efficient, get up to work, but ensure everybody feels really confident that we have a safe environment. That was a subject of an awful lot of discussion we had, Norm, as I recall.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's correct. And people are doing it differently.
1: Of course, and you want to hear the different ways people are doing it, and you want to then apply whatever makes sense for you uh, you know, to how you're doing it. Correct. I would imagine another great benefit of the group are the contacts and the connections you make leading to you know probably some strong friendships, but even beyond that, as it relates directly to business, business, revenue, opportunities, sales, uh, you guys sharing uh, contacts like that that might help one another do more business in the community, I would imagine, right? Well, that's certainly an outgrowth
0: of what we do. What we say is people join this process for business, but they stay for personal. And so it's the relationships that they build within the group, but also they have access to information that helps them both with their personal life as well as their, their business life.
2: So business is about lifelong learning, Jeff and David. And this is just a process that if you want to keep learning, this is a way to do it.
0: So our members typically grow 50% greater than non-members of peer advisory group like Vistage. And really part of all of that is really three characteristics that our members generally portray. And Norm touched on it. One is they lifelong learners. Uh, two is self-aware and three they have some goals and strategies that they need to accomplish and if all of those three are true then they generally make a very good member of the peer advisory group because they're there not only to to learn but to give to each other and it's a give and take situation in these groups sure
1: sure now if someone's out there listening and says I love this I want to be part of Vistage it's not it's not every you know uh, you don't just sign up i mean what's the process if I want to be part of this and have a, you know have the benefits that we've talked about today available to me, how do I do it,
0: Jeff? That's a great question because it is by invitation only, and it's because we want to make sure that people are going to be good members of within a group and play well in the sandbox, as we like to call it, uh, together. And so, this stitch is easily found on the web. And me specifically, that's Dave Alden. You can look me up on LinkedIn, and I've got some videos and testimonials from members within. Norm's group, which is our group, and uh, you can learn a bit from there and contact me directly from my LinkedIn profile.
1: LinkedIn, Dave Alden, A-L-D-E-N. Dave, let me ask you a little bit about you. You were in the corporate world. Norm, I think you mentioned 32 years at Ford, and you've gone now, Dave, from the corporate world to a, a co- a coaching entrepreneurs and a leading an organization, an entrepreneurial organization, sharing best practices and so on. You've been in both worlds. What was more, I mean, you started in the corporate world, you're now in the entrepreneurial world. How and why has that journey occurred? You know, did you always kinda wanna be an entrepreneur but forced into starting in the corporate world or how did this all play out for you?
0: Really simple. So my family were all independent business people. And when I first started I was 22 years old, I was a car nut and I really wanted to be a car dealer. And I figured the best way to find out where all the best dealers were was to work for the factory. And that's what I did. So I worked for Ford. One thing led to another, uh, four children, and uh, 11 moves later, I found myself still in the corporate world. However, most of the time I spent at Ford was with our dealers and distributors around the world. And so they're all entrepreneurs. And I always got a lot of energy from dealing with the entrepreneur from the dealership perspective. And so when I transitioned out of Ford, it's something I wanted to do was to be part of the entrepreneurial world. And so... It's a nice blend of using uh, processes, procedures that companies have and then adapting them down to the proper sizes for entrepreneurial companies. And it's a nice blend and a nice opportunity for entrepreneurs to to look at some of these processes they could adapt and then, of course, uh, benefiting from all of the energy that I get. From, uh, from dealing with people that are in that space. So that's how I've made the move and I've really enjoyed it.
1: I'll bet you have, it's gotta be incredibly gratifying, uh, you know, helping people, coaching people, and then seeing the results, uh, you know, that's a, I mean, I get to do a little bit of that. Norm, you do that every day as part of your business. You've got a, a roster of clients who rely on you, look to you. Um, it is very gratifying. It is, and Vistage really has quite a few tools and Norm touched on a little earlier. So not only do we have the peer
0: advisory group, but we bring world-class speakers in, and they talked on everything from personal health and wellness to tactical uh, issues like pricing, but also more leadership uh, kind of subjects like uh, overcoming mindset uh, blockages and things like that. So the Vistage has a lot of tools that we're able to apply within the group. So I've been able to blend that into the entrepreneurial and some of the best practices I've learned from working from a larger organization all to the benefit of our entrepreneurs.
1: That's great. That's really great.
2: He's also a very good connector.
1: Norm, you've always spoken highly of the organization and your association with it. You mention it frequently, and I can see why. I mean, this is, uh, this is something that, you know, certainly every, you know, in one form or another, as I say, every entrepreneur could use this kind of uh, support, facilitation, education, Brotherhood, You know, it's a great, great opportunity for entrepreneurs. We're, we're out there doing our thing. We think we're doing it right. It can be very, as I say, very lonely. And this is a great opportunity for entrepreneurs out there. So do check it out. Dave Alden, A-L-D-E-N. Check him out on LinkedIn. See if you can uh, wedge your way into the uh, Vistage organization. Sounds like a great opportunity for you. So listen, thank you, Dave. By the way, thank you for being on the show thank you for having me. I've
0: really enjoyed it. I enjoy your show.
1: It's great. Thank you, Dave. And Norm, great job. And we're going to go to a break. Great job bringing Norm on and and helping with the interview and and all the rest that you do, Norm. You're going to stick with us because we're going to come right back after this break. and We're going to talk about a really interesting business right after this break. Not one of those you hear about or talk about every day, but certainly a fascinating one. You're going to want to hear all about it right after this break. We'll be back with more on Startup Nation Radio. Welcome back to Startup Nation Radio. Great hearing from Dave Alden, great organization, Vistage. And uh, Norm, thanks again for bringing Dave on. And Norm, uh, the, the, the role that you're on and bringing in great, great guests, worthy guests onto Startup Nation Radio, guests we want to hear from and know about uh, is about to continue. We've got an interesting one, Norm. Tee us up for what we're about to hear.
2: Yeah. so Steve, at a young age, has his undergrad, master's, and he's a Ph.D., I don't think we've ever had a PhD on the show. And he became an entrepreneur, really, 2014, and he has a great company. And as I said, forensic investigation and forensic consulting. And he's got some interesting stories. But Jeff, you know how to get out interesting Uh, stories from our guests.
1: Well, this is going to be an easy one. Steve Rundell, uh, welcome to Startup Nation Radio. We're looking forward to hearing about you and your business. Welcome. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's good to have you on. So, Steve, your business, explico Engineering, uh, you're a principal engineer with the company and owner of the company. We want to hear all about this company. Tell us what you guys do. What is forensic investigation?
2: So, it's obviously
3: a question I get a lot. The The word explico itself is actually Latin, and it means to unfurl, unfold, disentangle, uh, and dissolve. And I guess that's at the heart of what we do. We like to... We like to solve complex problems, and um, we, we target mostly the forensic field, um, so accidents happen. Um, as we know, people get sued or there's criminal charges, and oftentimes the issues are technical and require some kind of um, engineering or scientific expertise, and that's where, where we come in uh, and we help our clients figure out, you know, sometimes who's to blame, um, what happened, and, and those good issues.
1: So is this kind of, I mean, I know the term Norm asked me at the outset of the show, you know, do I know what forensic investigation is? I mean, I certainly know the forensic files on television. It's a fascinating show. Is this kind of what we're talking about?
3: Yes, it's kind of what we're talking about. I guess the, the key difference is that, you know, we are a private company, right? So we are not law enforcement. Um, we sometimes get retained by law enforcement or prosecutors. But we are entirely private, and they and say most of our business is on the civil side. So a lot of car accidents, workplace accidents, construction defects, um, things like that. So, you know, we get called in typically pretty far after the fact. So where you might be thinking of an NCIS or a CSI uh-huh. or one of those types of shows, um, we do criminal work. But um, it's usually, you know, the, the thing that people don't realize is it's usually after these accidents have happened or, or crimes have taken place. You know, years in the past. Uh, by the time we get involved, but okay. but similar in that in that you know we we come in and we we perform investigations.
1: Okay. So now our audience, as you know, is largely people who are interested in how did you get a business started? How do I get a business started? What business do I want to start? You know, uh, uh, how do I raise funds? How do I you know all these kinds of things related to entrepreneurship, startups, etc. And there are people out there dreaming of business ideas. We've got people that want to bring a new app to the market. There, you know, there are people that want to start a new restaurant. There are people that want to do freelance work and want to have a sole proprietorship business uh, or part-time business, whatever it may be. I can tell you, Norm, you mentioned we probably haven't had a PhD on the, on the show. I can tell you this, we certainly hadn't, haven't had anyone in your line of work on the show before. It begs the first question I have, how and why did you pick this field of work? Where did this come from? Where, how do You you don't, you don't wake up one day and say you want to be in this business. Most of us don't even know it exists. How is it, Steve, that you're you in know, this business?
3: <laughs> so I was an engineering student at Michigan State University, and I took a course on, on automotive engines, and it was a three-hour lecture once a week. And I, I sat through a three-hour lecture on camshaft design. And it was it was three hours of talking about very, very – subtle differences in camshaft design and how that very, very, you know, in a very minimal way affected performance of the engine. And I knew after that three-hour lecture I I didn't want to go into um, automotive. So I started looking at other areas I could apply engineering, and I found a laboratory called the Orthopedics Biomechanics Laboratory at Michigan State. And there they literally broke bones, impacted tissue, essentially caused injuries um, in order to see what happened. And I think it was my first day or second day, they said, you know, someone's graduating. They're, they're defending their thesis. And so I said, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll check it out. I'm here at the lab. And uh, I watched it, and it was super interesting. And I thought, gosh, where's that guy going to work? And he was going to a large, probably the biggest um, forensic engineering consulting firm that exists. And I said, you know, that's what I want to do. So several years later, um, I graduated, and I went and worked at that same exact place. And what's interesting is now, you know, fast forward ten years after that, maybe fifteen years. Uh, now that person that I saw defend is one of my uh, business partners at my current firm. So kind of a kind of a small world, but it th- that that's how I I found out. I, I agree, it's pretty pretty unique business. Not a lot of people know about it. But um, yeah, when I learned about it, I just knew I had to I had to be in it.
1: Yeah. Now you must see some. I don't quite know what you know. Let's say certainly fascinating. Uh, stories unfold that you have to dig into and find the details about how did it happen why did it happen you know and the, the, the all the details relating to all of that but it's also a line of work that just very inherently you know i don't know what other word to use is a little gruesome and you got to have the unique ability or it can be not always but it can be and you have to have the unique ability to deal with all of that have you always been you know interested in uh anatomy and other things that you're clearly, you as an organization, uh, as a company, has to be able to study and, and really get into in detail. Has that been an interest of yours all along, or did you find that, you know, I can deal with this, it's okay, I'll apply my engineering capability to this, and it's something of great interest of mine, and I'm fine with it?
3: Yeah, you know, it's a good question. I think, so just to understand, you know, accident investigation or explico as a whole, you know, we have people that are metallurgists, right? So they're they're looking at, you know, just you know, broken objects, not necessarily right. broken people. Right. We have accident reconstructionists, so so they're just looking at that vehicle collisions and and you know, not necessarily the people inside. I am a biomechanical engineer, so yes, I'm I'm looking at injuries. Uh, definitely, you know, child abuse cases. Um, definitely some some hard things to look at. Uh, I, I guess, yeah, I've, I'm I've become probably more desensitized to it over the years, and I think that that, that happens to everyone. And maybe just as a scientist, as an engineer, you kind of are able to separate, you know, the, the more um, emotional side of it and look at, you know, you learn about the human body and you learn about it as a machine, as a mechanical system, that's what you see. Um, and you understand the physics and the, and the engineering behind how it fails. You don't think of it in, in that light. But, you know, I mean, I'll be honest, it's, it's, you look at autopsy photos, um, especially if it's of a child, but I don't care how desensitized you get, they're still... It's still, really, it's still really hard, but it's part of the business. Someone has to do it.
1: You know, Norm, I don't know if you know this or not. I grew up wanting to be, when I was young, wanting to be a veterinarian because I loved animals so much. But the reality is, as I learned, as you get into it, I learned that because I love animals so much, I can't stand to see them suffering. And I, could, I, just can't even, I couldn't deal with it. So uh, I, I, could, I, for one, and the reason I asked that question about you having to confront these things you know, I—that's I, uh, just a unique person that uh, is in a position that you're in to be able to uh, attend to those things in the kind of level of detail at which you have to, and to be able to desensitize, your, desensitize yourself—it requires a, you know, a unique capability. There's no doubt about it. And um, so, uh, Jeff, yes,
2: there is a secret sauce for the success that Steve and his company have had.
1: Now, that's something we want to know for sure.
2: So, one of the things yeah. I think that they've been effective doing, and, and Steve will tell you is when people hire them they're able to come in there save them time and money and get results quickly.
1: Well, we want to talk about that. So now now we want to talk about so we kind of talk about what you're doing, what the work is like and all of that, Steve. We're going to go to a break. When we come back, let's pick up on Norm's comment and let's talk about what it means to be in the business of what you're doing. We want to understand how this business works, you know, and dive a little deeper on the business side of things. So we're going to do that right after this break on Startup Nation Radio. Stick with us. Back with more in just a moment. All right, welcome back to Startup Nation Radio. Really fascinating guest, fascinating line of work and business. And the guest is Steve Rundell. The business is Explico Engineering. We've got Norm Pappas. Norm, you you brought Steve on. You've got a question I know you want to go to uh, that relates to the business of Explico.
2: Yeah, so Steve is hired by attorneys. And, uh, Steve, the question would be, why are you so popular? And why are they hiring you? What do you do for them? And then I know you've had some very interesting cases. You might talk about why they're hiring you.
3: Sure. Well, I think, you know, why they're hiring me specifically, I'd like to think it's because, you know, I bring a combination of the credentials and the technical know how and the ability to teach. So to talk to a jury and to make sure that they understand it and they get it. Some of the things we have to relay are really, really complex. And I think globally as a whole, and maybe talking to other entrepreneurs, you know, and and people working on their own companies and startups, I think why Explico as a whole has been successful is really culturally driven. And the fact that we've been able to hire some fantastic people, and most of our great hires come as a result of the people who currently work there, telling their friends or former classmates to come work here. And that's really just centered around, you know, a, a culture of teamwork, you know, to help each other out. So that's, I guess my, my best advice to people, um, and I guess if I was to say, you know, what's Explico's secret sauce, you know, we put, we put our people first, and then inherently from there our clients get taken care of. They get good customer service. When they do call, they talk to people that know what they're talking about um, and that are, you know, passionate and motivated about solving their problems. So, so that's what I would say, the, the, at least in my opinion, what our secret sauce is, to use your, your word, norm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, in terms of <laughs> interesting cases, there's one that I always talk about that to me is like, one of the most interesting events that I had or one of the most interesting cases and in how it turned out. It's basically an episode of cops. So there was one very, very drunk individual who was essentially trying to get at his, I think it was his wife or his ex-wife. She had locked herself into a car. So he's, he's drunk and he's ripping off the wipers and and ripping off the side view mirror, doing everything to get in. This was in a hotel parking lot, so someone called the cops. Cops showed up. Anyway, throughout the interaction, this guy ends up, uh, the drunk individual, ends up getting a very badly broken leg. And the injury, which I can reconstruct in 3D through the the medical imaging, is characteristic of taking a very hard hit to the inside of the knee. So imagine standing up upright and, and... sustaining a blow to the inside directed outward to the knee. Clear cut. That's exactly what this fracture showed. Um, But the police indicated that they had done what's called an arm bar takedown, which is essentially, you know, putting the arm behind someone's back, bringing them down to the ground, um, and that would not result in this type of injury to the knee. The drunk individual's recollection was that he sustained an impact to the knee. So his story was more, more consistent. So that was essentially my opinion that, the injury was consistent with an impact to the knee. And so I was preparing for my deposition, and I'm like, I, I need to show this. I need to have a good demonstrative. So I just went on to YouTube and started searching for, uh, you know, martial arts, takedown maneuvers, you know, that involves, you know, blows to the inside of the knee or impact to the to the knee. And I found one. And yeah. this YouTube video was perfect. It showed it, you know, the, the, the guy, the martial arts, Uh, expert was demoing it on someone else they show it in slow motion and i look at the video and the video is from one of the police officers who was actually at the scene yes
1: steve sorry to interrupt you but i was going to guess where you were going with this is that the the cop uh, was a martial arts expert just like the guy in the video but are you saying the cop was the guy in the video
3: the same exact unbelievable unbelievable wow yeah i couldn't believe it i mean i had to I, I double triple quadruple checked it, and, and needless to say, um, that resulted in a pretty good result for my client um, in it <laughs> in a pretty in a pretty quick way so I just like you know I, I think people who are interested in this business I like to share that story because it's probably the craziest thing that's happened to me um, since investigating accidents
1: well and it it also demonstrates how interesting your work is i mean you know it's a little bit Engineering, you're reconstructing what happened, but it's, it's also investigative and, and research that you need to do, and so on. That led you to that YouTube video and helped solve that case. But it's a fascinating line of work that you do. What about, you know, uh, do you find yourself actually in the court of law having to speak on behalf of a client? Are you on the witness stand?
3: Well, in the pre COVID days, yes. Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. I was, yeah. you know, me and my partners are all frequently, you know, in a, in a courtroom testifying live. Um, you know, around the entire country. Um, you know, I'd say I testified in, in, in trial once a month, um, but currently there are no jury trials happening anywhere, so everything's kind of on hold. So waiting anxiously for that to end.
2: Has that affected your business because you can't be in court right now? Are you able to get a lot done?
3: You know, we're taking advantage. We're, you know, trying to get things done, working more on the business. For us, you know, a big part of our business is, you know, showing – peer-reviewed papers and doing research. So we're taking advantage of that time to conduct some research, publish some papers. Um, So we're able to get some things done, and and there is still work to do. Um, Accidents are still happening. We're still getting calls. Um, We're just not able to, um, you know, all these cases are basically just being put on hold. I mean, some of my cases are federal murder cases. They're they're not not going away. Um, So it'll be interesting to see what happens when everything gets turned back on. I anticipate things are going to get you know, very, very busy for some period of time.
1: And if someone's out there listening, as we said, there are entrepreneurs in our community thinking about starting businesses, thinking about how to grow their business and so on. But if someone says, wow, that sounds fascinating, that's, that's a line of work I'd be interested in getting into. First of all, do you have to, you know, what are the qualifications, uh, you know, to doing what you're doing? This is not the, the kind of thing that you can just decide, you know what, I'm going to get into that line of work. Uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a lot of preparation and, 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 and education That goes, and tell us what is required to do what you're doing.
3: Well, I think it varies a lot depending on your area of expertise, right? I mean, essentially, I'm selling expertise. And I think everybody probably has expertise in in some area if they've been doing something long enough. If you want to, you know, offer expertise in, in how, you know, people are injured, biomechanical engineering like what I do, then, you know, you really you know, master's level or PhD level, uh, you know, and research in that area is probably going to be required. Um, But, you know, there are, there's a lot of different types of experts. You know, I get calls a lot on, hey, we got a case where, you know, there was an issue with how this tire was put back on this car by this mechanic. We need a mechanic to serve as an expert. And so now they're looking for someone with expertise in, in auto mechanics to serve as a forensic expert. So, there, it, it, it's hugely variable, and um, you know, you kind of, you know, I think anybody can can get into it if they have expertise, and, and it and it can be applicable, in an accident. Um, but yeah, that's so it's no no real good straightforward question. But at the end of the day, we're selling expertise, and if you have expertise to sell, then that that can be the seed to start a business. You know, that, create that's a website and, and get the word out and, and try to do it.
1: Now, that's really interesting. I want to follow up on that point. If, okay, I've got, let's go with auto mechanic. You know, I know a lot about cars. I've been an auto mechanic for 25 years, whatever it may be, and I got real expertise there. Are you saying I could, maybe as a side business or as a business in its entirety, I could take that knowledge, that expertise, that experience that I have, I could start a website, put my qualifications out there, and make myself available to a network of, potential clients who are looking for experts to help solve problems like this uh, is that is that kind of the idea
3: that's absolutely what I'm saying and, and and actually in those areas and you know it happens a lot in trucking too if you're an expert you've you've driven trucks or you've been a part of you know you know heavy trucking you know there's lots of accidents that happen on that and related to the logistics where people like me people with PhDs don't actually know much about the logistics. Uh, side or the actual, you know, being a trucker side and what sort of rules and regulations you're supposed to follow, and a jury might have to understand that in order to know whether or not, in this case, you know, rules were followed appropriately or they weren't. And so it's, it's yes, you can. If you can show and you can demonstrate that not only do you have the expertise, but you can convey it simply mm. um, and concisely to a jury and not lose your cool when getting grilled by an attorney and if you can have you know a combination of expertise and ability to communicate it and a cool head on your shoulders uh, yeah you can you know there's there's a lot of accidents that happen in this country Um, and so you can make a whole national practice out of it.
1: Wow that's amazing I'm so glad we ended on that point I wish we had more time Steve can't thank you enough for coming on and sharing what you do and how you do it and even sharing an example case story fascinating stuff and you live an interesting life steve that's for sure well thanks so
3: much Jeff. it was
2: fun
1: yeah good good having you on norm thanks so much for uh, putting the the guests together for the show another great show in the can norm thanks for being on thanks for co-hosting oh,
2: you're welcome yep
1: they're great all right and norm we're going to be back again together with another great startup nation show next week stick with us we'll talk to you again next week from startup nation radio
0: The preceding program was furnished by Startup Nation Media Group.